Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down and neither will we. I'm Susanna Collins. That is Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, Jenny Chu here with some headlines. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Back, How are we doing? I know. I like being with the OG crew. Same. I feel like it happens not very often these days. We're all moving and shaking. Summer plans, vacations, all that. Gallivanting around. Gallivanting. <laughs> but the season's back, so we're back. I know, I know, I know. It is. We're, I feel like we're about to hit that like sweet spot, you know, because Champions League's going to be starting. Is it called the sweet spot or is it the gauntlet? <laughs> <laughs> but Champions League, MLS playoffs, Europa I guess it depends League is starting. On, yeah, it depends on your perspective. <laughs> yeah. how you want to approach it. And Charlie, maybe some days it's going to be the gauntlet and some days it'll be the sweet spot. Mm. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Anyway, I'm happy to be here sharing all of the experiences with, uh, with you lot. All right, should we, uh, should we chat some, some transfers? Absolutely. Let's do it. It's because our favorite league. I know. <laughs> Saudi, <laughs> the Saudi Pro League, uh, the transfer window closes later on today. And uh, there's, here's a look at some of the moves that are confirmed, um, some that are still kind of out in the ether for uh, players heading to the Middle East. We have Philip Coutinho. Um, he is currently at Aston Villa, reportedly heading to Al Duhal in Qatar, uh, Damari Gray to El Atifak for 10 million pound from Everton. This is apparently Bargain. a done deal. As this is happening this as of earlier this morning, and I don't want to address this one because it hurts my heart too much. But it's still the rumors are still out there. Mohamed Salah uh, reportedly going to El Atihad for um, a whole lot of money, but we're just going to keep our fingers crossed as Liverpool fans over here that. That doesn't happen. But it's interesting because I think when you look at the amount of money that we are speaking about for Mo Salah, who is 31 years old, that it would be very hard for Liverpool, I think, to to look at that money and, and turn it down. Because when are you going to get that kind of cash any at, at any other point? It won't happen next at the end of next season. The difficult thing is that with the Premier League transfer window closed, he's gone and you have until winter to figure out with yeah. the squad that you have when Mo Salah provides such an offensive threat, a goal-scoring quota he provides as well. Um, it's You're stuck in a hard place because it's a lot of money. You're not going to get this type of offer for Mo Salah. So what's the equivalent? Soon. Right? You keep him and then you, what, have to win Champions League? And let's say that's about, what, 150 million pounds, let's say, you win through. I know it varies based on your performance throughout it. But let's say, let's average it out to 150 million. 150 million what? V value, you're valuing Salah? I'm trying to think of money coming in. For, you, but not, not having, from Europe. 
You think you think another European club is going to spend the hundred? No, no. I'm saying if you win Champions League, the money you win they're throughout not in Champions, Champions League. League. Oh, oh, oh. You, oh the money me. you win as being part of the competition they're of winning it. They're not in Champions League. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to yeah. do that after him in order to equate to even still have what? No, it and then you have what? What's that still? Sixty-seven million. This is difference. a mind-boggling offer for. But here's it the is thirty-one. To get that money, you have to win Champions League next season, and you have to sell him for sixty-seven million at what thirty-three. It's not happening. It's not happening. So there's no other way, financially, unless you sign some major sponsor, you're going to get this money. Business-wise, you have to do it. And my question is, do you think Liverpool fans, I wonder what the split is. No. How many of them are saying, I, keep him because of what he's done and what he means to the club? Or More bro, no, what he can it. still provide. No, Hold sure, up. he can still. This I'm not season, saying he can't yeah. provide. Yeah. That. I'm not saying that. But, but do you keep him because of what he's done or do you move on? No, this is a, one of those things where... Liverpool players, Liverpool fans, supporters, you have to let Mo go. For that type of fee, at his age... You can, you can look directly you, into my you, eyes. You, re <laughs> you reinvest in the squad in the future. But a, a sale of this magnitude... It's crazy. You have to let him go. Also, to, to, to find someone yeah. comparable, you probably won't have to spend 270 million pounds, 270 million dollars. So there's a net there. There's a, financially, there's a reason to do it. Business-wise, there's a reason to do it. Is it, this would be, would this be the last of that winning heart and soul of the team? Sadio Mane gone, mm, Firmino gone. Verge is still there. Verge is still yeah, there. Um, I, it, it does, I will say it does feel a bit of an inevitability that Mo was going to leave at some point, whether it's now or whether it's at the end. As I know, not for this amount of money. There's a part of me. Europe, he would have gone under 100. 100 percent. Easily. Yeah. Imagine, imagine somebody coming in and offering what was it? 270 million. 270 million dollars. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is crazy. This is this is a madness. It's and you have to figure it out with who do you have left on the squad? With Diego Jota, with Darwin Nunez, with Cody Hakpo. Uh, Luis Diaz. Luis, Luis, oh, Luis Diaz. Yeah. I you're, don't think you'll be fine I think, without and, him. And that's what I'm saying. We're not in Champions League right. this year, so we have to take that into consideration. I'm saying we, like I'm part of Liverpool. Right. Yeah, Susanna uh, Klopp. <laughs> exactly. <Let us> know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're not. In, we're not playing in Champions League. You know, Europa League is is where we're at. I still think, especially if we can get a, a Darwin Nunez to produce the way that we hoped that he would when we made that signing. I, this, I would hate to see Mo, don't get me wrong, I, it would break my heart to see Mo goal because I do think that he is one playing the, at such a high level. He is one of the best in one the world history. But if there is a time to let him go, I don't think this would be the worst opportunity for that amount of money and for kind of what the expectations are this season. I, it, it, it's a good, it's, it's not it's terrible. For Jurgen Klopp, this is, I, I think, a little bit of a, a test to let a player like Mo Salah go, but it could be an addi addition by subtraction, uh, or subtraction by addi addition by subtraction, no, you're right because if you let Mo go, this is an opportunity for, let's say, a Darwin Nunez, because I still think with Mo on the pitch, there's always that pressure to get him the ball in, the, mm -hmm. in certain situ situations. During the attacking third, he's the go-to guy. You can't take too many touches. You can't be a little bit, you can't be more, more selfish than, like you always saw the battles between Sadio Mane and Mo Salah on the pitch. 
They were always yeah. competing against each other. Even though they were teammates and they were boys at times, they were still competing against each other. I think you could see it. I understand what you're trying to do. Okay, Co- Co- fair. I don't want to get diverted. Cody, Cody Gakpo is a player that could benefit from Mo Salah leaving. This becomes mm-hmm. I think he hasn't he fit leaves. in that well. Maybe this could be that, that Who, opportunity. This becomes whose team if he leaves. Because right now, this is Mo Salah's team. I don't think Darwin Nunez is the guy to put his foot down and say, I'm him. I don't think you necessarily need to find one, one guy for it to be his team. Klopp needs to figure it out. And, and you, were, you mentioned about the, that golden generation or that ideal Liverpool team, the Sadio Manes, the Firminos, the, the Salahs. Every team and every process has a slump and needs a refresh. Mm -hmm. And we saw that slump with Klopp. We saw that slump with this Liverpool team. And they haven't hesitated. Fab's gone. Jordan Henderson's gone. The front three that have boded so well for Liverpool, that gave Liverpool so many unbelievable achievements, all gone. It's a time to refresh. If you're getting an offer, if you're getting an offer that... and, And... Klopp has wanted fresh, young legs, and he's got them, and now he's going to be able to play them if Salah leaves. Um, $270 million is a mind-boggling offer. Is this an Sports Group ain't refusing that. They can't, that right bro. LeBron is on the phone like, <laughs> sell my guy. FSG saying, <laughs> yep, gone. <laughs> Thanks, Mo, for your contribution to the club. <sighs> at least he also leaves as a legend. You know, you don't get that weird slump at the end of his career. No, absolutely not. No, he is. I mean, he's still incredible. He's only still he's 31 years old as well. You know, he's kind of in that that prime of, of his crazy. career. Like he so, could, he, I mean, this is the thing with Saudi that these players, especially Mo, like I, I get it. Like I, I'm not one. None of us are are somebody to criticize him moving to Saudi Arabia for the amount of money that it's going to get, but. It's just a little bit disappointing to see because they have no option when you have this offer because Salah can still give the European game three, four, five years at a good dynamic level and he's going to go to a league that you're kind of just lost into oblivion. Yeah, but it's more, I think, the significance of just being Muslim and being iconic and going And that has a lot to do with with, with the price. That's one thing. Speaking from a sports perspective, because you have a supremely talented footballer going to Saudi Arabia too early. He he's probably end up he was probably going to end up going to Saudi Arabia anyway, eventually. And and the picture at Mecca with with Salah going around Mecca, that, that's going to speak volumes for for the league, uh, for for everything that it represents. But it's for his culture. that's it's for him. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Salah still has so much to give, and it's it's a step down. He's amazing for him say. that he's able to get it. But, but, it, <laughs> he but could be a pioneer, one of the many pioneers. I was gonna I'm say, just, just, Pro League, so, yeah. Salah, Salah is still extra, an extraordinary footballer. Would you say that about Lionel? That's leaving the elite. Lionel finished completed football. Ronaldo completed football. Wait, yeah, but, Lionel Messi's on a side quest right now. I'm saying, don't you think he still could play, compete in? But he's Champions older than Salah. I know. He, Messi could have competed in Europe. And, but the thing is that so I don't know if Salah was entertaining other offers in, in Europe. He could have gone anywhere. But Messi was only going to go to Barcelona, was only going to go mm. or, or only Barcelona, really, in Europe. Um, and they couldn't give him an, an offer. Messi could have easily competed in Europe. Yes. 
but his his career was at a whole different chapter than than Salah. Salah still had two or three chapters to get to where he to can. the end of the book. He hasn't moved yet. Or to the, to the epilogue. We've got a <laughs> he hasn't has moved, has yet. It moved yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, we're speaking as if it had, official. It's, uh, what time does the transfer window close? Five, I think it's around 5, 5 p.m. Eastern. Eastern time. Final word, do you do it, yes or no? If you if have two, if they're, how much, what, 270 million? American dollars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good oh, business. Man, that was painful. Oh, she that said was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate Good myself. business. Good business. I hate myself a little yeah. bit. Doesn't, that didn't feel good. Yikes. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines when we return on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. So for today's headlines, the transfer window in Europe's top leagues have closed on Friday, but Middle Eastern clubs are still finalizing major moves before their respective windows close. Among the biggest moves still in the works is Italian midfielder Marco Verratti's looming move to Qatar. According to multiple reports, the PSG midfielder is finalizing a transfer to Qatari Stars League side Al-Arabi. Verratti has spent 11 seasons at PSG, but has been left off of their Champions League roster ahead of his reported $54 million move to Qatar. Over in Spain, Jenny Hermoso has filed a formal legal complaint against Luis Rubiales, accusing the suspended Spanish Federation president for sexual assault for kissing her on the mouth without her consent during the medal ceremony at the World Cup final. Spain's prosecutor's office has confirmed the complaint will be processed as soon as possible. Rubiales has been suspended by FIFA from all footballing activities and is the subject of investigations by the Spanish government and FIFA for his behavior at the World Cup final. In NWSL news, the Houston Dash have fired head coach Sam Lady, parting ways with the English coach less than a year after hiring him. The Dash are sitting in 10th place in the NWSL standings, and they posted a record of four wins, six losses, and eight draws in the regular season during Lady's tenure. They are currently outside the NWSL playoff places, but are still technically alive in the playoff race with four matches remaining. In U.S. soccer news, Marco Mitrovic has been hired as the U.S. Under-23 men's national team coach. He will have the task of leading the Under-23s at the 2024 Olympics in Tokyo. He is a former assistant coach with the Chicago Fire and English club Reading FC under head coach Velko Panovic. Mitrovic has spent the past two years as head coach of the U.S. Under-19 men's national team and most recently served as an assistant coach with the U.S. men's national team during the CONCACAF Nations League finals in June. He takes over a U.S. team that will feature at the Olympics for the first time since 2018 when our own Charlie Davies was on the team. 2008, excuse me, a man, if you were playing in 2018. In award news, the nominees for the Ballon d'Or were announced yesterday and Lionel Messi and Erling Haaland headlined the list of 30 candidates for the honor. Messi led Argentina to the World Cup title and is considered the favorite to win his eighth Ballon d'Or. But Haaland's 52 goal in all competitions for treble winning Manchester City makes him a strong contender. Spain's World Cup winner Aitana Bonmati and Australian star Sam Kurt led leads the 30-player list of nominees for the Women's Ballon d'Or. Bonmati is the favorite after completing the Champions League and World Cup treble 
double, excuse me, with Barcelona and Spain. One player that didn't make the list of finalists was Cristiano Ronaldo, marking the first time since 2003 that the Portuguese superstar and five-time winner wasn't included in the list of Ballon d'Or nominees. Charlie, the debate between Messi and Haaland, it has to be one of them, right? For sure. Who, who, are, you getting, who are you giving your vote to? I feel like it's only right to give Lionel Messi the trophy given that he finally won that one trophy that eluded him his whole career. And, and as much as he's done, the World Cup is the top trophy. And at respect to Erling Haaland, he's young, he'll, win, he'll, win, he'll eventually win that trophy on his own. But I think with Lionel Messi and what he's done for Argentina, just the quality, he, he's earned it, he deserves it, it's, it should be his. And the, the crazy part is, a current active MLS, MLS player, player will have that trophy, potentially have that trophy, it would be which bananas. is nuts. It would be bananas if that happened. It'd be a crime if he doesn't win it. If Erling Holland will win multiples in his career. Cr I don't know if crime. Nah, it's a crime. At the end of his career, he does everything. He finishes, as you said, he finished uh, his world soccer. I have soccer. a question. Then he gets the Do trophy. Do you think that this, I mean, considering where Messi is playing right now at Inter-Miami in Major League Soccer, I mean, could he still win a Ballon d'Or, like, in no. a full seat? Exactly. No. So is this kind of like a last opportunity for him to win a Ballon d'Or because of where he is going to currently raise, playing? He is going to raise the Ballon d'Or if he wins it at DRV Pink Stadium. I know. He's gonna in Fort Lauderdale, in Fort Lauderdale. Which is amazing. He's gonna do that. But that's stands. what I mean, give him this, give him this one, because it could be the last and, one of the wins. And not, not to, to. It would be a record eight, extend the record eight Ballon d'Or. What about on the it's, woman's side? It's, it's also, but it's also not. That's not, a tough one. Not a, not, I don't want to discredit his, his season with PSG, because he was the only player in the top five leagues that had 20 plus goals and 20 plus assists. He so had he a still had a, yeah. a yeah, really good season at PSG, yeah. along with the World Cup. So it's nah. the, the reason why he's getting the Ballon d'Or is the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. he carried that. He carried Argentina on his back. He got. He he won the World Cup. The thing that you know finished argument between who's better, him and Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, it, it did everything. It literally solidified the 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 end of his career. The last thing he needed. The last jewel. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a video game reference. I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> he got the last medal he needed. He completed the Thanos thing. I don't yeah. know. You get what I'm saying. And, and it's done. Thanos. He, yeah, he's the, doesn't he need jewels? He says Thanos. Thanos. The, the, for the women, I think it would be a, that would be robbery if Aitana Bomimati doesn't get doesn't it. Doesn't win it. Do you yeah. know there's only one American on that list for wow. Ballon d'Or and Sophia Smith? Wow. Just one. Wow. Which is interesting. Crazy. Not what we are used to, to seeing with that. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another break. We are going to chat about uh, that NWSL Challenge Cup semifinals that we saw last night. We're diving into some highlights when we return. Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Well, the NWSL Challenge Cup final is set this Saturday. NC Courage taking on Racing Louisville at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on Paramount Plus and CBS. Yesterday, we saw the two semifinal matches that led to these two finalists. So let's dive into some highlights from those games, starting with the KC Current taking on NC Courage. And we pick it up here in the 42nd minute. Yeah, Caroline gets a big chance here. And it was saved. 
I mean, she doesn't have a strong finish there. It's kind of easy for AD France to save that one, but the game changer, Brianna Pinto, comes in in the 70-something minute, and she fights for this. She continues to fight. She gets back up, is available for the oh ball in, Chaos. and then puts yes. that in. in the very end to seal them. So a chance into the final. I mean, this is at the very end of the game. She comes in as a substitute, and they are told to be game changers coming off the bench, and she did exactly no, no that, UNC Charlie. reference? Uh, you know she's a Tar oh, Heel. Wow. She's, from, she's from North Carolina. Oh, I, got to, I got to see her skills firsthand with Gotham. So uh, now we, we switch it up. Kristen Davis here. Terrible clearance from the defender, Sam Hyatt, and she left foots it to the Oof. top left corner. Let's go. And this was a big one. Jordan Heidema had a great opportunity oh. to even it up. There were a lot of missed opportunities in this game. Although Rain kept on charging forward in, in both games, actually. It, they should have ended up more than 1-0 games. Um, but Heidema there, she, she knew she had a very big missed opportunity. You could see it in her face right afterwards. That yeah. should have gone in. I know there were there were a ton of missed chances in 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 both matches for for sure. But um, for the NC Courage, this is the team, Jenny, that they won it last year. They are well versed in in this Challenge Cup. For Casey, we talked a little bit about Casey Current yesterday and and what this would have meant to them, especially mm -hmm. considering where they're at in in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, you know, how are they going to be? Is it a success just making it to the semifinals for them? What, were, what will you know, their takeaway be? I think all of the semifinal teams got a reasonable amount of money out of the $1 million. We still haven't been told what that breakdown is. So that is, you know, a win in and of itself to, to make that. And, you know, for UKG to be sponsoring this and for uh, the Challenge Cup to not be a thing anymore after this season, to get into the semifinals now is really, really important. Um, but North Carolina had so many chances in that match. They didn't finish it. They didn't finish it. Um, they really controlled the game in the first half. In the second half, um, Current kind of came back, mm -hmm. and, and it seemed like they had lost their opportunity when they had so many opportunities in the first half and for not finishing that. And then um, they finally finished it with Brianna Pinto. And yeah. One of the bigger things that I think you know, Sean Nahas talks about in his post-game press conference is that, you know, this team wasn't looked at as a contender for anything um, after last season with so many players left, you know, the, a disgraced team that had so, so much bad press with what had happened with that, their coach there. There wasn't a lot of faith in that program and how they were going to rebuild. And Sean Nahas takes over. Now they're in a final here and they're still in contention in NWSL. So they have two potential wins from such a disgraced place is saying something about their program. Yeah, no, it's an it's a incredible result for them. Um, for O.L. Reign, this is interesting yeah. because uh, O.L. Reign and Louisville are both like fighting for, for playoff spots right now. And we spoke about it yesterday. I, they've been not been on a, a good run of form lately. And then now they're out of contention in the in the Challenge Cup. Uh, how how could how might this loss affect them moving forward? How do they bounce back? That's an interesting one. So we had come into this game talking about how Rose Lavelle was not available because of injury. Um, Bethany Bolster was also out. Those are two players that are really important for O.L. Reign. And then you're talking about kind of trying to fill their roles. They're coming off of a bad streak. Like you've said, they had three losses. They finally got one win, and then they're losing again. They had a lot of opportunities to finish the game off, too. But Louisville just proved stronger. They, they how about on. Louisville? It, it was incredible how many opportunities O.L. Reign created and there were scrambles the very last minute it was a impressive incredible defensive display from Louisville so Louisville is one of these teams I feel like they're catching steam at the right time um, and for them I mean this is really exciting for them to be playing in a final uh, the Challenge Cup 
Cup final. What do you what do you make of this final matchup for Louisville and oh NC Courage? Because I feel like they're they're both playing well right now. They both have a little bit of momentum at their back. Yeah. Lots of personality on both sides as well. It's going to be interesting. Um, Louisville, it's it's been fun to see yeah. what has happened or what has you know been building there in Louisville. Um, really excited for them and, and all that they've been building. Really, Savannah DeMello just kind of proved herself, then made the national team roster, which we had talked about. I know Charlie was a big fan of her ahead of the national team roster being let out. And then when she left, they still found a way to play as a team and to figure it all out, you know, and, and continue to gain points when she wasn't there. And then her return has only proved even more fruitful for them hmm. because they look good. You know, you can see her in different plays. She directs her team on mm -hmm. everything she wants them to do. I mean, she's everywhere in the midfield. I know you're a huge fan of her play. Yeah, I am. I, I think Vlako obviously didn't set her up for success and, and the way that they played and the tactics. But with, with Louisville, you can see that she's responsible for the transition game because she is, she puts in a, a good shift defensively, but as an attacking conduit to the front three, she breaks through the midfield, she's a good finisher, she takes shots from distance. She's just so important to the success of Louisville. And then with the national team, as a manager, you have to try and get the best out of each player and, and really set them up to succeed. And, you just felt like Sophia Smith was one player that did not live up to expectations. And, and I, I know she could have done better in a lot of situations, but Blacko ultimately did not set her up to succeed. She should have been central. That's where she's best. Um, and I think the same with, with DeMello. If she's in a, a more central role, I think it, it would have been a, a better suited for her to succeed mm -hmm. with the national team. Louisville, who's on the cusp of making the playoffs yeah. in NWSL, is it a success for their season if they win on Saturday? Has to they, be. But they don't make the playoffs? Because they're in seventh place well, right now. I, so I was going to ask you, because I don't think the expectations for Louisville were terribly high at the start of the season. I don't think anyone really projected them at even being a playoff team. So I, I would say yes from kind of an outsider yeah. perspective. As, also as an outsider, I would agree that, that that would be successful. I mean, winning anything. You know, they're, what, second, third, third year in the league, and mm -hmm. they're... They're winning a trophy. I mean, that's incredibly impressive as is. I would absolutely say so. It's, it's interesting, though, because, you know, there's six teams that make the, the playoffs in, in NWSL, and there's not that many teams in the league. So it's, you know, it's, it's entirely possible. I feel like every team probably enters the season being like, we have, a, we have a chance here. And with the standings being so tight as they are right now, I mean, all you have to do is get hot mm -hmm. at, the, yeah. at the right time, which is exactly – what Louisville have mm. done, and now they have a chance to win a trophy. And how can that help them in the in the regular season and propel them into the playoffs? When we talk about you know balancing the two things, um, it's so interesting because OL Reign specifically, the lineup that they went out with yesterday, and they have been changing a lot of things recently. I mean, they they played three of their goalkeepers in the last few games, which is a kind of unheard of in in these situations. Um, with the players that they have been playing, I wonder whether they are prioritizing the real, you know, not the real, the, the final season, which wouldn't make that much sense because there's only two matches to a trophy here, but then also they're in third, third place or fourth place in the NWSL standings right now. So maybe that's more important to them or more prioritized or there's rest involved. Like you don't know what's going through these coaches' heads. For a final, you're, yeah. you're putting your... your it, it, it's it's funny, you look though, at correct? the four semifinal squads, considering the squads that everybody put out from match day one of the group stage to match day six of the group stage, I feel like they were taking this seriously. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, not that they weren't taking it seriously, but when you when you talk about Emily Sonnet has been playing in the six, and that's something we like. She came off the bench. We talk about Jordan Heidema with all her chances and scoring goals. She came off the bench. Um, Jess Fishlock as well. I mean, Lauren Barnes has been a stand standstill on her on their back line. She came off the bench. The the um, where they got scored on is Sam Hyatt. She's also played you know in t- in so much this season, and she's a starter for them. But that ball is. A weird ball to play, Charlie. As a center defender, how do you ball, play that ball across when there is a forward ready to attack there? I mean, a, a mistake like that early in the game costs you. I love it as a striker. You don't make that. Uh. Of course you do. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun final on Saturday. NC Courage taking on Racing Louisville, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS and Paramount+. Plus, we are going to take a break. We are chatting some Euro 2024 qualifiers when we come back. Stick around. Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down while the Euro 2024 qualifiers continue today. Here's a look at the upcoming fixtures on tap at 2.45 p.m. Eastern. France taking on Ireland. We also will see the Netherlands facing off against Greece. Poland will face the Faroe Islands. Serbia versus Hungary. Lithuania versus Montenegro and Denmark versus San Marino. Group B, baby. Group B. So um, every, I'm going to say it every time because it just makes me so proud. Greece, the national team manager is Gus Poye, who was one of the OGs of the Golasa show when we started the whole project up. Um, and he became a, a dear friend. So I'm super happy for him. And today's a big day. Does he watch for, Morning for Greece? Party? We should, we should, when this is, when the window's over, I'm, I'm going to invite him on. Actually. Absolutely. Uh, he's, he's doing a lot. He has, has done great work As in Greek football, uh, managed AK previously. So uh, the national team came after him when uh, they needed somebody. Uh, Very a little bit cool. of a change. So uh, they, 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 man, um, the game against France, we were in Vegas or flying to and from Vegas, and I was on the plane watching the game, suffering because they were they were in it for so long against against France, and then Kylian Mbappe is <laughs> inevitable. Mbappe happened. That's yeah. how it works. He's yeah. pretty good, that guy. Um, great, thanks for sharing that. It's a lovely little nugget. Um, all right, let's get into the Group B standings. Mm-hmm. This is how it's looking right now. France sitting on top uh, with 12 points, followed by Greece. Ireland, Netherlands, and Gibraltar. Now, Netherlands are currently sitting in fourth place. They've only played two matches, worth noting. But their first match in qualifiers, they got thumped by France for nil. Not a positive start to their campaign. Ronald Koeman, big run, as we're affectionately calling him <laughs> yeah. now. Thank you, Jen Calhoun. Uh, <laughs> he's in charge. Uh, what are we? What are we making of this Netherlands team? under him at the at the helm, Nico? They have a lot to prove, and Ronald Koeman has a lot to prove, because after he left the national team the first time to then take uh, the Barcelona job, in which he didn't do so well, and now coming back to the Netherlands team that has underperformed at the international stage, crashing out at the World Cup uh, in, in the quarterfinal, not doing well in the Euro, he needs to show that this team isn't messing around. And they have been messing around. Um, I I don't know if they have that same quality from back in the day, from maybe like 10 years ago. They've got a lot of players. Um, Yeah, they're pretty stacked. Yeah, but... 
They show don't have it. the showstoppers. Show it. Uh, maybe. Maybe Memphis Depay can still kind of do something. Right. It, it's, but, a lot you know. of, it's, it's a lot of Memphis Depay. Memphis Depay puts this team on its yeah. shoulders under Feng Hao. There were moments that Memphis Depay said, all right, um, this is my team. Um, but I think they still have something to prove. There's talent, and individually, you look at the players, and it's, it's, it's a lot of guys. I mean, mentioned Cody Hagpo, Noah Lang Denzel must be Dumfries. on there. Noah Lang is there. Uh, Denzel Dumfries, Burke House, Frankie. I mean, their back line is you know, it's, Bandai, Netherlands, but Frankie Young is always be talented. Yeah. Always be talented. So There's. One thing's a squad, another thing's a team. Well, they've only played two matches so far. So, you know, potentially the next match is against your buddies, Greece. Uh, so they have to win that. And Greece right now are in second place, so they, they are qualifying. But it's really going to be between them, Greece, and potentially Ireland to try to get that second spot. Uh, and like you said, it's a, it's a team of individuals right now. You could list their 11, a lot of talent. But can Ronald Koeman, and this is why we're talking about him specifically versus how, the, you know, the performances of any of the players, can he make this into a team? And I, this has been a problem with uh, Netherlands now going for a few years, missing out on a World Cup. I mean, this is, they need to become, they need, you know, their total football is their whole thing. Missing out in 2018. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'd say last World Cup, they came, came together as a team. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they pushed Argentina. I mean, they made it to the They, they pushed Argentina in the last 20 minutes. Argentina was much better than them for the large majority of the game. They were still a, they got to the- They, they pushed them. The they round of eight. Right, they, they pushed them, but quality, in the World Cup, I don't think they were that impressive. It, you, well, I, I look back at the game against the US, mm -hmm. right? Because I think we all spoke about how the US could have won that game. If they score that, that yes. goal early on, Alexis, and, come uh, on. Against, against come the on. United States. Against the United States. Against the United States, that was their, I would say that was their best performance where it was, because oh, the Netherlands were, were Because they were they better. They looked vulnerable, they though. They, had, they, 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 they looked vulnerable. They, they got outcoached. That, that's what it came down to. It wasn't so much the talent, mm -hmm. because I even said, the, the U.S., the way they played in this World Cup, the England game was by far the U.S.'s best match, Absolutely. top to bottom. They outplayed England. But then in the Netherlands game, because they were going in after the Iran game, that also was a, a good performance from the U.S. They, they just didn't get the tactics right. They didn't get the player selection right. And, and therefore, they were outcoached in that game. Yeah. Christian, yes, he should have scored that, that opening chance in the, in the match. But ultimately, the, the Netherlands said, we're going to sit back. We're going to counter you because you're going to leave yourself open. And the U.S. didn't yeah, they adjust. Were, they were very serene in that game. Um, but then look what happened with Argentina in the next game. Group A, it was Ecuador for a large part took it to them in, in, in that group. Uh, Qatar is like, okay, put Qatar to the side. They were by far the worst team of the World Cup. But then Argentina, when the pace picked up and when Argentina held possession, Netherlands struggled. And there's going to be moments where they're going to have to face France again, for example. In the group, if it would be a complete failure, I expect them to get to the Euros. But Coma needs to start putting the building blocks together to make the team collectively uh, dynamic mm -hmm. uh, and and, th and very threatening. Because it's it's the Netherlands at the end of the day. There we it's always seen as a powerhouse. It's probably the biggest powerhouse that hasn't won a World Cup. 2010 was as close as they yeah. you get. No, 2010, 1978, 1974. They've, they're the team that has been to most point, though, World the Cup finals the team versus a, 
a squad. Squad, right. Yeah, you're, I, I now you're having I the best that's version that's of Reinders come totally in, for example. The best version that. probably of Xavi Simons. A lot of guys that are hot at yeah. this moment. Um, and how do you work that all in? Martin De Roon also has have been at a, in an upward trajectory mm -hmm. with the national team. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see. No, let's um, well, let's let's transition. You mentioned France. They are the team sitting on top of Group B right now. They've played four matches. They have won all of them, and they are not messing uh -oh. around. Are you kidding me the with squad this squad is, right now? Is it's just crazy, ridiculous, Claire absolutely Fontaine. ridiculous. Claire Fontaine is working overtime. Uh, so this is a look at France's projected eleven. And when we look at this, Charlie, <laughs> I mean, where there's no weakness. If there is a weakness on this French Upamecano. side, where is it? Yeah, I'd say Upamecano, and I would I would put Saliba there in that position. I think Saliba has has earned it with his performances okay. with, with Arsenal. Not only that, you can bring Pavard off the bench to play wherever you want. Yeah, the back line. or or you or you, you can want. move Koundé there as a center back where he prefer to be, yeah. but I love the, the brothers, Teo and Lucas, playing next to each other. Um, Rabio has, has really turned into quite the player. Unbelievable. Um, it's clicked for him at, at Juve with France. With, with France. He's a beast. And, then, yeah. and how, do you, how do you work Kamavinga into this lineup? You're bringing Kamavinga off the bench. Put him in his keeper if you want. I mean, he's proven he could do it in his backyard. And then uh, Dembele I, had, had a poor performance in the World Cup final. Kingsley Coman has hasn't been as as good. You know, he hasn't that. been at his best with Bayern this season. He started every match, but zero, no goals, no assists to show they, for they, it. But Marcus Turam, yeah, <laughs> Marcus Turam has been on. flying. And then Colomani is is another player. So you just you have an embarrassment of riches with this French squad. It's it's a true footballing nation. It's, they it's are a powerhouse. It's funny because going into the World Cup and even after the World Cup. Didier Deschamps carries himself with so much serenity when he's asked by the media when they don't have good performances. He doesn't bite into any controversy. He doesn't let a hurricane even build. Whereas in national teams, usually when you have so much talent, you're expected to come out and, and ball every single game. And there's certain moments that are shaky. And, and he says, yeah, look, I, I know it wasn't good, uh, but we'll, we'll get the job done. Like, he is so confident in the work that he has done with his national team, with the belief in the project. Uh, you win a World Cup final. Not only are you thrust into expecting to stay at that level, he does. You get to another World Cup final, and they, the French Federation doesn't even flinch. They said, we are on the right path. Mm. This is the way to go with Didier Deschamps and, and his group. What, what was most impressive to me about this past World Cup final was he got it wrong. But he First was willing half to change subs. 30 minutes into the game. Yep. That to me, to make two substitutions at 30 minutes, Giroud off, Dembele off, incredible. That to me is a, a real coach to say, all right, my preparation, I was off. But I'm willing to make those adjustments now. I'm not waiting, otherwise, we're not even going to get to halftime and give ourselves a chance. So phenomenal. He's a phenomenal tactician, phenomenal coach in the in-game management. Because there's one part for managers to say, i got to manage egos. Look at this French side. You have ballers on ballers. Everyone's an 18 player on their squad. And they come to the French national team. And now you're not playing. You're on the bench. And be happy. Be happy just to be a part of the squad. So 
That's the one part. Then picking an 11, and then making adjustments in game for some stars who maybe don't play well. Moving Mbappe from left wing where he wants to be to, no, now you're gonna play as a striker and be happy. And he scores a hat trick. So I, I, I have so much respect and admiration for yeah. the French squad, but also Didier Just Deschamps. Stacked with talent. I mean, the and respect that he exudes. Champions League winner as a player, World Cup winner as a player. Uh, and then as a manager, also you've got a World Cup under your belt. How do you question him from the French national team perspective when yeah. it's riddled with talent? Yeah, you don't. They're, they're a, a scary team. So much talent and very well coached. Um, they are going to face Ireland today at 2.45 p.m. Eastern on FS2. We are going to take a break right now. But when we come back, uh, we are going to be chatting some Conmebol World Cup qualifiers. We're heading to South America, y'all. Let's go.